listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Here's my statement. Greater breakthrough is the result of greater encounter. You will never have a greater breakthrough supernaturally than the encounter that will empower that breakthrough. And we... I believe that there are cities and nations in the womb. That was a, a phrase that God gave me for you as a church and this couple next to us for years. Cities and nations are in your womb and they're going to come be brought forth, but it's going to be uh, brought by a people that totally believe that nothing's impossible, that the supernatural should be normal to our supernatural people. And so for that to be taken, for that to be the case, we're going to have to be a people of breakthrough. Um, and there's a, and a breakthrough will only come as you live a life of encounter. Now, just to clarify, when I use the word encounter over the next few minutes together, I want to talk about the gate crashes of God. The word encounter means to come upon specially, unexpectedly, or suddenly. And I want to say that though we are all serving the Lord in different ways in our lives, there are moments when God just wants to gate crash our world. There's moments when he wants to invade but with his kingdom realm of the spirit into our world of the natural and suddenly we know that we know in our knower that we know we've just had an encounter with God. And yes, it can happen over a period of time. I was thrilled earlier to hear about your leadership college and you can live a life of encounter for a year, for two years, for three. I don't know how long it goes on for, but that would be extraordinary. But there are also, in addition to that, there are moments when, when no, there's no time available, where you need your miracle tomorrow, where the shift has got to take place next week, and suddenly you find yourself, my God, I need a supernatural encounter right now. And I want to suggest to you that God wants to break into your momentum. And I'm not talking about bad momentum, I'm talking about good momentum. Nothing happens without momentum. We need momentum. Uh, that's what accomplishes things in the kingdom. But there are times when God just wants to gate crash that momentum. Why? Because without encounter, you'll never live a life of revelation. And if you live a life that is governed by information, you will always be limited. But, but if you live a life that's governed by revelation, you see, Jesus said to Peter, wow, flesh and blood could never have taught you that. Only my father could let you know that. And it changed his world forever. My friends, there's got to be times in our lives when we know that God Almighty has spoken that revelation to our hearts. I can, run for a, I can run for the rest of my life. I'm 72 now, but I'm already planning the next two or three decades. Why? Because if I've got a word from my father, it's empowering. It, it, it rejuvenates us who, and who we are. We've got to live out of a place of revelation, a place of supernatural empowerment, but it's not possible without encounter. I want to say a couple of other things. Encounter qualifies you to be a transformer. Let me, uh, let me just explain what I mean by the word transformer. 
Um, we, we used to pastor in Banyuira many years ago, decades ago, and there around the corner from our place was this big steel box in the subdivision. You probably, some of you at least have seen them, uh, and those power lines that go across the nation or used to, and they carried like half a million volts going through the middle of those power lines, and then they would come down into this big steel box in a subdivision called a transformer. And, and you know, it had signs on it. Plug your toaster into this and you'll land on Pluto. Okay, there's just too much power in there, but somehow that transformer was able to take all of that power, half a million volts, and distribute it out into the society and into households exactly how much they needed. And the Lord spoke to me one day and said, this is what we're all called to be. We're called to be transformers. The day of Pentecost was all about becoming a transformer. What? Receivers of the power of God and then distributing it to the needs of mankind and society. We're not called to do natural stuff. We're called to do supernatural stuff. And so God's calling you to be a transformer. And now I want to lean into uh, this one phrase. If you have a supernatural encounter, it will fundamentally... Change who you are and therefore change what you're capable of. Fundamentally change who you are and therefore what you are capable of. My friends, we all need fresh encounters. Joshua, one of the greatest leaders of the Bible, had a commission in Joshua chapter 1, which was extraordinary. And God said to him, I am commissioning you. I am sending you through that river Jordan miraculously. And then I want you to possess the land for me. There was nothing fuzzy about it. There was nothing vague about it. It was an empowering commission. You are to go in and possess that land. And Jericho, uh, sorry, Joshua ran with that commission for the rest of his life. It was so empowering. But there was a day when he came around the corner in pursuit of what God had told him to do. And there in the middle of the road, as it were, was Jericho. And Jericho was a city that had never been taken in its history. Its walls were impregnable. There was no possibility for an army to take the city of Jericho. It had never been done in history. And suddenly Jericho standing there and saying to Joshua, you can have all the promises in the world. God could have spoken the most amazing prophetic words to you, but it really doesn't matter because Jericho can't be taken and I'm at the gateway to the promised land. If you don't take me, you don't get the promised land and you can't take me and so friends I have found in my own life that the spirit of intimidation will always try to intimidate me from doing what God Almighty has told me to do and Jericho was that intimidation and friends, I believe that many people here this morning, you know what God's called you to do. You know what God has called your marriage to be or your vocation to be or your business to be or your finances to be or your personal life. You know what God has breathed into you, that dream, that possibility. But then there are other things. And normally it's just one major thing that 
kind of comes up in front of us and says, yeah, 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 wonderful promises, wonderful dreams, but I'm here and if you can't take me, you can't take the rest of it. And it's a spirit of intimidation that's coming against people today that would step out in faith. Jericho was a gateway moment. It wasn't just another moment. It was a gateway moment. And the commission that Joshua had already received could have brought him to the conclusion, I don't need another visitation. I don't need another encounter. The encounter I had in Joshua chapter 1 was so powerful, so real. And, I, and of course it was real. And of course it empowered him for the normal things of life and for the normal leadership struggles, and for the normal challenges of faith. But Jericho wasn't normal. Jericho was gigantic. And there comes those moments in our lives when we need something beyond that which we have received. We need a fresh visitation. We need a fresh encounter with God. We need to know that God Almighty has put his hand upon us again afresh and there's a sense of deep commission and empowerment for what is now lying ahead of us. It's always been that way. And so it is in Joshua chapter 5 and through to Joshua 6. I won't go into it for time's sake, but, but God turns up again. Jesus appears like an angel to to uh, Joshua and says, okay, uh, I told you I, given, I want you to possess the land, but now I'm giving you Jericho in particular. And, and it was such a life-changing moment that it, he, he took off his sandals. It says he was on holy ground. He was in awe. God Almighty showed up. And I'll tell you what, from that second, listen to me, from that very second, there was never a moment of doubt in Joshua's mind. Why? Because he was persuaded? No, no, he just had an encounter. When you have a supernatural encounter, your faith is impregnable. It's always been that way. You, you, you think of the disciples. Uh, the disciples had, had effective ministry. They were doing great things with Jesus. They were seeing miracles. They were walking uh, through uh, Nazareth, all these places, and seeing some remarkable stuff. For three years, they ministered with Jesus. It was incredible. But there came the moment when their ministry was about to go to a new level. And get a hold of this. It, when it, conquests of nations was about to be birthed. You see, up until that time, that affected the regions around them, but there'd been no conquest of nations. And I felt really deep in my spirit, I believe God put it there prophetically, that over the next few years, the conquest of nations is going to take place right from this spot. And this little island called New Zealand is suddenly going to impregnate nations across the world. I I'm old enough to remember a guy by the name of Ern Baxter who came here about 700 years ago. And, and he delivered this prophetic word that I've never, ever forgotten. He said, there'll be the day when this island, as he called us that day, he was an American, he didn't know better. And he, he, he said, there'll come a day when this island will be the breadbasket of the world. And, and, and I, I 
felt that quickened again this morning. And I believe, my friends, that the cities and nations are in the womb of this church, which means that many of you who thought that your life was already worked out and you're going to do this and do that, and God's going to gatecrash you. I can see many of you right now are going to cross over a border in the next few weeks where you suddenly wake up and say, the limitations are off, the restrictions are off, the humanity can no longer control. I'm going to be released to my community. I'm going to be released to my city. I'm going to be released to my nation. I'm going to be released to be a transformer to society. But my friends, you'll never do it without an encounter. And then those disciples came to a moment after Jesus had been crucified and they were all confused and bewildered and, and wondered what on earth is going to happen now and they're getting together in an upper room and they're saying, oh God, what's going to happen to us now? And suddenly, suddenly they have an encounter. And in that encounter, when the Bible says the Holy Spirit came upon them, and suddenly they were transformed from this bewildered group of people into miracle workers who, who walked out onto the street speaking all sorts of different languages of the people that were present at that time. And then going out, supernatural wonders. 3,000 people got saved in a day. And you think to yourself, what transformed them? An encounter. An encounter. However, there was one that was not there. A guy by the name of Thomas in John 20 missed the meeting. Well, he didn't miss it, but he came in late. Never, never a good thing to do. And here he was, and, and, and so Thomas walks in a little late. Jesus had already turned up and gone. And so he comes in, and he, the, all these disciples, I can't get over the gall of this man, the, the disciples who'd been with three and a half years, said to him, Jesus was just here. Jesus was just here. You'd think the man would be, oh, wow. No, no. What's his response? What a lot of rubbish. Jesus coming here. He's been crucified. And, and, and so they would have persisted and said, no, 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 Thomas, we're, we're not pulling your leg. It's real. He was here. He was here. And then he says, listen, He'd have to show me the very piercings in his hands. And then he makes a statement. I will not believe it. And I mean, it's emphatic declaration, which kind of sums up his entire life if you look back on his life. It was like, I doubt this, I doubt that, I question this. Oh, no, no, not possible. No, I will not believe. That's who Thomas was. So what did Jesus do? Cast him adrift? No, I love the perseverance of Jesus. You think you've mucked up a few times? Hey, his persistence is amazing. And so what happens? Well, Jesus just materializes right in front of him. I love it. He didn't walk through the door. He, he just, zing, you know, beam him down, Scotty. Dung. And, and, and there he is. He's right in front of him. And he holds out his hands and says, see, see, see. And Thomas is overwhelmed, falls to his knee and says, you are my God. Now, here's my point. This unbelieving, doubting Thomas for his entire life got off his knees 
walks out the door and becomes the apostle of unbelievable miracles and faith and wonders and blazes the gospel across all of Asia and India and multiple thousands of thousands of people get saved and the whole church of India was birthed out of this apostle that was a colossus in his day and yet one moment in the presence of Jesus transformed him forever. There are some things you just cannot teach yourself into. There has to be a divine moment and a pace of encounter. In Exodus chapter 3, we have Moses. <laughs> and Moses, he'd been out in the desert. Anybody feel like that occasionally? He'd been out in the desert, or oh, not for four days, not even for 40 days. He'd been out in the desert for... 40 years. Now, I want you to get a hold of this in your brain because some of you think, well, uh -uh, I've had a hard time this last few weeks. He had 40 years. <laughs> and then when he gets to being the great old age of 80, friends, listen to me. I want you to get a hold of this because some of you are going to question what I'm about to say unless you get a hold of this. When Moses got up on the, in the morning, he stepped outside, and what was his world? Dust and sheep. Sheep and dust. Oh, there's some more. Dust and sheep. Sheep from dust. Dust, dust, sheep, sheep, dust and sheep. And the next morning he comes out, and what is there? Oh, there's sheep, sheep, dust, dust, sheep and dust, sheep and dust, dust and sheep. And, and a year later, he's coming out of the same tent. Oh, more dust, more sheep, 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 dust. And 10 years later, it's dust, 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 sheep, sheep, sheep. Ooh, more sheep, more dust, yes. And 20 years later, 30 years later, 40 years of sheep and dust. I can tell you one thing, my friends. After 40 years, every day, that becomes who you are. That becomes his identity. That's who Moses was now. Not for a few weeks. I mean, many of you aren't even 40 years old yet. It's a lifetime, 40 years. And that's all he knew. That was all his identity was sheep and dust shepherd. And then he spots a burning bush. And he realized, woohoo, this is cool. Because it's burning, but it's not going away. This is freaky. So the Bible says he turned, he's made a decision. And your friends, you've got to make a decision. He made a decision. I will turn aside, lean in, and look at this gravesite. And then the Bible says quite clearly, and when, everybody say the word when. When God saw, I love this, when God saw that he turned aside, God called to him. God spoke to him. When, when, when did God speak to him? When he turned aside. 
I want you to know there's absolutely no reluctance in the heart of God toward you this day. God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak into your life. He wants to speak into your future. He wants to speak into your marriage. He wants to speak into your family. He wants you to speak into your business. God wants to speak to you. You are his son. You are his daughter. And don't dilute that. I'm not like a son to him. I am his son. The Bible says I am begotten of his incorruptible seed. You can't get it more graphic. I am his son. And when you were born again of the spirit, you literally became his son and his daughter. And he wants to have fellowship with you and communion with you. And there are things that he has for you to do in your life which are absolutely extraordinary. But it wasn't until Moses turned aside that God could speak. Why? Because he'd got his attention. Your burning bush awaits you. Friends, about 20 odd years ago, 22, 23 years ago, the doctors told me that all my major arteries and most of my subsidiaries were multiply blocked that there were so many blockages that they couldn't even do a bypass. And they said, what do we bypass from or to? The man's cooked. And so they, they, in a lovely professional way, of course, sat me and Margaret down and said, you know, whatever you do, don't do this, don't do that, don't travel, don't lift anything. And whatever you do, don't get excited. Okay. And... and what does that do to you? Well, it got my attention. And then I go home and I get locked into my room and I'm saying, Father, I need what you say about all of this. You gotta talk to me, my father, because I'm not gonna be able to serve you very effectively from the middle of a pine box. So you need to say something to me. And I stayed on my knees in that room and cried out to God until he spoke to me and he gave me a scripture he says look it up I grabbed my Bible looked it up and it was all about Samson ripping apart a lion with his bare hands and I felt my father say as long as you're in the center of my will and live a life under divine command this and everything else in life none of it can ever take you you're not an accident going somewhere to happen. You're a man living under divine command. You're my son empowered by my spirit. And he began to speak into me. And I got up off that floor that day and I came out to Margaret. I said, hon, no more anxiety. This thing will never kill me. And I'll tell you what, my friends, I've traveled the world since then. I've spoken in some of the hardest places in Africa and India and every conceivable place. I carry my own bags and I don't think I've ever had a day when I haven't been excited. And fact of the minute, the only person having a heart attack was my heart specialist because he was watching me. <laughs> but how is that possible? On encounter. I got desperate enough to turn aside and I had an encounter. Middle of last year, Forgive the personal testimony, but the middle of last year, 
because I was 72 now, 71 then, and I, I, I looked at my calendar for this year, 2019, and it only had one invitation on it, and it never happened to me before in my entire life. And I thought, woo, really? And so I thought, okay, Lord, maybe now I've come into the quiet years of my life. And I am just going to be a daddy to all these other ministries and, yeah, you know, sit in a rocking chair for a while. Well, not quite. I could never do that. And then this guy rang me from Chicago and gave me a prophetic word, which I totally discounted because I thought, that's a load of you're kidding, the man's on marijuana, you know. Um, and, and I totally, but that then uh, three weeks later, a prophet in Australia, totally unconnected, gives me exactly the same word. And I, you'll know when I tell you that how I struggled, because I'm, I'm looking at a year where I've got one invitation to preach for the entire year. And this guy says, you're coming into a new season of life. I thought, yeah, I know, semi-retirement. No, you know, no, now you're going to be raised up to speak into the hearts of apostolic leaders of movements around the globe. And I said, well, I don't know what you're on, but, you know. But I got aside and I said, Father, that sounds so overwhelming, so out of my league, and I got desperate. And I remember it took about three days just saying, Father. And finally I came to a place where I said, but my Father, the point is that if it's your will, if it's your intention, I'm going to do nothing to try and make it happen. But if this is what is on your heart, then okay, I cross the line of unconditional availability. It's up to you. And my friends, that's the first step in the miracle. When you cross a line of unconditional availability. And this year I've spoken into more apostolic environments than I have at any time in my entire life. On one occasion it was over 70 apostles representing over 26,000 churches and I spoke into their lives for three days. A few weeks ago I was in Sydney and various apostolic leaders got together representing 600 churches and I spoke to them on two occasions and, and friends, I'm not doing that to make an ego statement, I'm saying that in the middle of last year I, I thought I was going into retirement or something. And now it's all cranked up and, and, and I've got Nashville and South Africa and Israel and, and everything's on the calendar now. But how did it happen? I got hungry. I got desperate. I got overwhelmed with a sense of renewed dependence on my father. God, I can't do this thing, my Father, unless you commission me, unless you empower me. And my friends, listen to me. You, you've got to come to a place of fresh hunger, fresh desperation, a revelation that, that no matter how great you are and how gifted you are, you are called to live a life of dependence. Margaret and I have lived a life of faith now for I don't know how many years, decades, Never knowing whether, do you know what? We, 
people who see our home and then look at all the missionaries and itinerants that we support every month and all that, they say, but where does all that come from? I don't know. I don't care. I'm living a life of dependence. My father's in charge. Oh, what he could do with you. Don't talk about a few leaders in the church. What God could do with you if you crossed a line of unconditional availability and you got so hungry and desperate for an encounter with him. It would change you forever. It's transformational. So I've only got one question this morning. Are you willing to turn aside? Are you willing to break into the momentum? Are you willing to say, Father, I need nothing more on this planet than to hear the voice of my Father. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.